0: Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And welcome, everybody, to another week of Second Chance, Moped Podcast. It's been a very interesting, weird week for me. Um, Yeah, it's just been weird. I don't know what the heck my deal is. I've just kind of been in a weird last part of summer funk, and I don't know if anybody else goes through that, but I do. Um, I did get out to moped gp midwest i so wasn't gonna go because i was like oh i just went to santa fe and i've been on the road and blah 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 and then i woke up and kind of laid in bed for about an hour and i just kind of like well what the hell else are you gonna do are you gonna garden gym absolutely not are you gonna do lawn work or housework probably not so just get your ass down there so i didn't tell anybody i was going just kind of showed up and it was rad i got to see um my buddy lee who had been working on a few different bikes but I think Lee made the right decision, just brought one of his bikes. He brought a bike for non-varied class and first time racing, first time doing anything like this. And for what he had, I thought he was super freaking competitive. He was top three, top four all the time in that class. I mean, of course, Jake Kane won on his Toby build, which is just insane. I think Lee may have also, Lee also competed in, um, 49 CC class. I think I tried to pull up the results. Um, I have no idea. I can't read moped GPS stuff for some reason, but I believe in variated shot. Shane Johnson won that. And then, in 49 CC. I don't know who won that class. I feel like it was another, it could have been Shane or it could have been, I know Hunter Malone was doing pretty good with this, with, a. Uh, spicy boys um i think jesse stevenson was help i know jesse stevenson was helping him out on that and then for non-varied class jk1 unlimited class was pretty interesting um everybody knows like shane johnson has been kind of owning that class for a while and he he has tire warmers set up he was going to try to go after the check record but it goes back to that whole thing in racing to finish first you first have to finish and shane flipped a belt on his french bike and it was he just like i was done after that didn't i don't even think shane made a lap he put a brand new belt on and we've i've done this in racing you know you practice 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 and you're like okay i'm going out for the finals and now i'm gonna put a consumer i'm gonna put a brand new item on that's a consumable item because then it'll be better and fresher and you fuck with shit and fucks you in the long run but you know um i am totally blanking on his name and i feel like a jerk because tim lost larson um he ended up winning unlimited class tim tim likes me because i'm busting shane's balls all the time and he's gonna be on the podcast in a couple of weeks he actually caught a flight i think he was on the same flight as my mom i think he had a layover out in seattle um my mom was leaving the airport at the same time and like Tim had an early flight, my mom had an early flight and like my mom said she ran and somebody would who knew about mopeds. so i wonder if that was Tim or not. Um which is fucking hilarious to me, a small world. But no, it was my first time going ever going to like a moped GP event and somebody you know racing's racing, you know people will be very full of confidence and valor and practice and then when things aren't going their way, they start making up excuses left and right and it just It's funny. Like it doesn't matter what form of racing, you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, it was a fun vibe. Got to see some people I hadn't seen for a bit. Uh, Dwayne, I hadn't seen forever from the spicy boys. I think I ran into them once this spring. Um, got to see grandma from Moped factory. Um, Ed was down there with the dead possums. Uh, yeah, it was just a fun time. Um, but back to, second chance moped podcast you can always you can find us on pretty much every single um podcast forum so don't be afraid to share like subscribe whatever um give me some feedback i love feedback from people even if i get snippy sometimes i do enjoy your feedback we do have a guest this week it's a guest that i tried to while tried to get a while ago and he just wasn't feeling it if you will just wasn't ready to do a podcast and that's cool um and we tried to record a couple weeks ago And it was just technical issue after technical issue after technical issue. And I think I I don't even know who I tapped on to get, oh, it was Brent from the Shanks. I just kind of asked in a pinch, and he said yes, and it was great. And Brent, thank you so much for that. Uh, Then I went out to Santa Fe, and our schedules aligned back up. And I'm lucky enough to have this old-school mopedder come on, so I'm going to have him introduce himself right now. Hi, I
1: am Joe Pig from Uphill Battle in Portland.
0: How are you doing today, Joe?
1: Good, good. Hearing you talk about Moped GP brings back a lot of memories. We used to have, man, this must have been 2007 to 2009. We had uh, Moped Racing out here in Portland, Northwest. There was one track in Washington and two in Portland that we did. And I had a a fierce, fierce rivalry with Jesse um, (laughs) when he lived out here.
0: Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny. I I won't throw anybody under the bus, but like somebody was talking how fast uh, the West Coast boys were, but then the it also got brought up again. Doesn't Shane Johnson go out there and just blast on them? And like, because Shane has picked up the game big time. I'll say that about Shane Johnson. He's a hell of a driver, and he he's got some pretty damn nice bikes, but sorry for interrupting you on that.
1: Oh, no problem. No, Jesse and I were racing for not last basically, you know, how like in, uh, any kind of racing, you know, there's top of the pack, middle of the pack. And then like, sometimes the last people would be racing to mm-hmm. not get last. So yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, Hey, who's going to not finish last. <laughs> Let's make this happen. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of fun. And he used to have to, We would run, start his bike. He'd be on it. I'd run behind him and push as hard as I could. We'd get his bike started. Then we'd take his back wheel and put it on my clutch to spin it fast enough to start my bike up all before we got on our bikes to uh, actually race.
0: That's awesome. Um, One idea, I, I I don't think it's my original idea, but I think it would be for like a moped GP because it's pretty intimidating when you see some of the bikes like the fast guys or even like the 49 cc classes like i would love to see a one mod class like you take a stock bike that was actually sold in america because you can get some pretty funky foreign bikes but like get like a stock bike that was sold in america and all you get is one mod and that's it like you can obviously change your tire you can put new tires on for safety and brakes but like if you like, if you want to put a pipe on, cool, that's all you get. Or, like, do you want to put a new carb on? Cool, that's all you get. Like, a one mod stock, true stock class, I think that would open it up for a lot of people and possibly get a lot more people out on the track. But, you know, I don't know. Just an idea for all you, uh, moped GP people out there.
1: Yeah, it's fun times, Dan. We had fun racing out here. It wasn't that long of a, a thing, though. I was racing a 55 cc chow and just broke everything on it a hundred times 13 mil carb for a long time then went to a 21 like three and a half inch tire in the rear three inch in the front just all kinds of stupid setups trying to beat jesse to not be last place
0: yeah, yeah that's hilarious like and that's i'm kind of lurking down the chow rabbit hole of black magic and like pretty much the one can cons- one concise thing that everybody says if you want to make a fast chow strip them apart and just reweld everything because they'll break and they'll twist and they'll flex and just make them safer um that's what people keep telling me on that but joe here on second chance moped podcast we go through people's moped journeys i.e the very first time they ever saw a moped to like you know middle part and what it's like today Joe. so let me ask you What is your very first memory, Joe, of not necessarily getting on, but, or (laughs) fucking up my own catch line, not necessarily um, getting on, but seeing a moped? Like, what's your first memory of a moped?
1: Well, when I was a kid, I really loved ska music. I mean, I still do. And so I was into, like, madness and, like, two-tone stuff. And I really wanted a scooter Mm -hmm. so that I wanted to have an old Vespa, so that I could be a cool, like, Fucking Scott kid. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I told my mom I wanted a scooter. She said they were too dangerous mm-hmm. and I needed a way to get to the school I went to. I went to like an alternative school mm-hmm. and she was like, Well, I'm going to buy you a moped. And so she bought me a <laughs> brand new kinetic TFR off heaters.com. So
0: nice. the first
1: time I ever saw one was when it was like getting unloaded in front of my house. Was like, Oh, mm-hmm. this is my moped.
0: Yeah. Like, that's that's awesome that mom like, thought a scooter was too dangerous but she'll get you a moped like that's just that's silly to me for some reason i don't know um so how was that kinetic for you like did they did you start fucking with it right away or
1: i mean i didn't know anything i just i was 15 i didn't have any idea you know i would never driven a car it's kind of just like jump on the moped and go have fun and so it was really cool when i was 15 to be able to get around like I was riding doubles. There was times where like, there's a venue in my hometown, so there'd be times where like, I would drive ride right back and forth doubles like three times with all my friends to get us to the fuck, to get us to the uh, show.
0: That's on, awesome. Uh, you
1: know, Friday night or whatever. And then the one time I messed with it was like, I wanted it to go faster, so I took the pipe off to make it really loud.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I rode it around for like three weeks and then I got a flat tire. I couldn't get it. I was having a really hard time patching it because I didn't know what tire spoons were. Yeah. So I, uh, my mom took it into Myron's mopeds for me in Orange County. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Oh, you didn't need to take the pipe off to change the tire. I would change the tube. And I was like, No, I took it off so it'd go faster and it was louder. (laughs) He was just like, You need to put that back on immediately. I don't know how you didn't blow this thing up. Yeah. And
0: well, no, Joe, lives. I don't think you said here where did you grow up? Like, I may oh, have been add
1: I grew up in this little home in this little town called Norgo, California, in the Inland Empire, um, suburb of a suburb of Orange County, pretty much a little literal horse town. Like, there wasn't sidewalks, there was, there still is horse trails, there's like water troughs in front of bars, people got DUIs on their horses people dude, that their makes horses. me so happy. School, it was—it was a weird town to be like a, a weirdo punk kid riding around on a dumb moped with no pipe
0: on it. Oh, dude, I—I I can only imagine. Like, I was that kid in southern Minnesota, like a punk rock kid, and like kids would be riding snowmobiles and like with their jacked up Chevy trucks, and I just had, couldn't relate to them at all. So, like, I—I I hear you there. Like, that's yeah. Well,
1: then. The other big mod I did was, well, back then, like heaters. I don't know if they still have it now, but they had like the, um, the accessories. So I got like saddle bags for my kinetic, and then like there was a bar that went across my handlebars that was like a, a clip for putting bags on. And I went to Goodwill. I rode my moped to Goodwill and bought like a my first Sony tape player, nice. and I hung that on the front of my moped and just like rode around with that thing blaring music as loud as it would go and that was like my sweet modifications it was like baskets, saddlebags, my first Sony playing music on it. <laughs>
0: That's so awesome.
1: And I put, I put thousands and thousands of miles on that bike like I ended up selling it to someone for like 20 bucks after I got a real Vespa like a big one, out, a P125X from Europe. Mm-hmm. I sold my Kinetic for like 20 bucks and it had thousands of miles on it like i don't know how that thing didn't blow up with how much i did do it yeah yeah just kept going and going and going
0: it must have been the were you running your mixture pretty thick of oil were you going like what what did they what did they tell you to do that because like i'm a honda guy and like they're the only ones i ever see that say 25 to 1 so like that just baffles me with hondas
1: honestly i have never really in my history in mopeds in 20 years, cared about the ratio. I just <laughs> pour oil in until it smokes, and if it's smoking, I know it's good to go.
0: <gasps> that's so <laughs> fucking rad, dude!
1: Like the oil I use in my bike right now, I got like a giant case of this oil that's in cans from the 70s, and <laughs> I just use that. And I just pour some in, and I go, okay, it's about the right color blue, and then run.
0: That's just that's rad
1: just kind of pour some in there it'll be
0: fine yeah yeah um so you got that kinetic you talk about selling a little bit like are you starting and i've heard like from you west coast guys like myron's mopeds i think mike rafter referenced it once before um on an early episode of the show um you said you sold it you, your kinetic. but like had you kind of discovered like when did you start to discover like moped culture if you will like when did you kind of start finding the forms or moped army? Because I mean, Facebook really isn't a thing, and I imagine moped army is about the only thing you could probably find on repair manuals or anything like that at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah, back then. So I went to Myron's, had my kinetic, and then he showed me like the Tomos's, the A35s, mm-hmm. and how I could it kind of rubbed me in the wrong way but he was just trying to be like helpful he's like oh you could have gotten one of these tomoses and i was like oh that looks way cooler than my kinetic and um he i think he told me about moped army i can't remember if he did or if my brother's friend did he he found a moped like in his parents garage at um, a brie and Had to go to Myron's to get parts, and he told me. I know he told me about Moped Army as well. So I created my Moped Army account like 2003,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: something like that.
0: So you think 2003 you discovered um, Moped Army? And I can tell, dude, I can totally identify with you when you say like Myron was only trying to be helpful, but like he showed you something cooler for basically the same price, and like it's kind of like fuck you i'm kind of pissed at you because i didn't know and like i've i've had that shit happen to me so much in my life and like i would carry a resentment for that person even though they're trying to be helpful it's like i've gotten better about that but dude i totally hear you on that one
1: well yeah and he was being honest with me about what a kinetic was because i asked him how to make it to go how to make it go faster because he was telling me that his tomos he was going like 45 on it and a bat. i don't know if his website's still up but he had like the blue dragonfly or something he called it like his modified tomos a35 sprint or mm-hmm. they were called i forget what they were called back then um but and like i remember looking at that and just being like wow that thing looks so cool and he was like yeah well you're kinetic if you want to go faster you just have to pedal it off the line and i was like <laughs> oh great dude thanks so he was kind of just telling me like, yeah, the kinetic kind of sucks. You're going to, you should get a better one. And I, I, I mean, I didn't know how in, in it for the long haul I was. Cause I was always just going to get a big Vespa scooter. That was the goal, like have the moped. And then when I'm old enough, I'll, I'll get a big boy scooter.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then no, I, I hear you yeah. on that.
1: So eventually I did. I, I got a European uh, Vespa P125X like as a first person to register it in America put I can't remember if it was a Melosi or a Polini kit on it because I didn't do it there was a scooter shop slash bong shop nice a, across the street or it was around the corner from my high school yeah. and so like I got the Vespa I didn't know what I was doing it had oil injection on it I didn't know what the hell that was <laughs> and I rode it for, like, a, a day and then seized it. It's because oh. it had oil injection, but it had been disconnected, and someone before that put a kit on it, so it just wasn't getting oil. Yep. So so he put a kit on it. The thing would do, if the Speedo went up to 120 kilometers an hour, and it would just max it out.
0: Holy shit, yeah, dude, that's flying, can to like kinetic
1: yeah yeah it had a pipe on it It like I could ride two people on it go super fast and then you know so I had the kinetic and I went to college kinetic was just like on my porch someone said they wanted to buy it I was like 20 bucks at shores. it's got a flat tire
0: yeah beer money you're good to go
1: yeah they ended up getting it towed like a week later and it was like right before I was moving to Oregon so it's like well there's nothing I can do about it hmm. so then I moved up to Oregon 2004 and didn't have a car, didn't have my Vespa anymore. I lived in Orange County, this real like in Newport Beach. People from there will know, but I had a, a ratty, my Vespa was ratty, flat black, ugly as hell. No side <laughs> covers, loud. And so California, you can park on the sidewalks. I would get tickets for being abandoned all the time, even though it was registered <laughs> to where I lived. And so like two days before I was moving to Oregon, it got towed and it's oh. like, I didn't, I didn't have the money to get it out. Cause I only had money to move to Oregon. So I was like, whatever, I'm going to Oregon, get a good start up there, just go up there. And then, uh, needed a, a way to get around up here. So I've jumped on Craigslist and I found a Honda urban express. Nice. Uh, rode that around for a while, just kind of by myself and I, heard, I, knew, I knew about the puddle cutters I must have gone on moped army again and just like checked stuff out because I wasn't doing mods to anything you know like mm-hmm. I, I was just like riding my bikes around and then I knew the puddle cutters were around and they were having a rally and I don't remember how long it was it was either like a month or so out probably it wasn't that long and I was like oh, whatever I'll meet them at the rally I don't need to go to their weekly ride and then I showed up at the rally and that was the, uh, hold my beer rally, hold my beer. (laughs) Nice. Um, I don't even remember what year that was, 2006, maybe, I don't know. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I showed up to that on my stock urban express and like that thing was so fast compared to my kinetic and like, Oh God and compared to my buddy's old like stock marini m1 that i used to ride with in california mm-hmm. like i was like oh man i'm gonna be cruising i'm gonna be like up in the front of a pack and i mm. quickly determined that was not the case on my like 33 mile an hour urban express
0: yeah 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 <laughs>
1: so then you know i rode that thing rode the heck out of that thing forever and uh My brother moved up here. He wanted to get a bike. My girlfriend at the time wanted to get a bike. And so uh, my grandpa died and left my dad some money. And um, then my dad came up, saw me riding around the Urban Express and was like, oh, that's cool. I want to ride around. So he bought two Mm. brand new Tomos uh, 2008, 2007, 2008 uh lx's and i was so pissed because i hated the lx but my brother wanted one and my dad was like oh i'm just gonna buy two matching
0: yeah because thanks dad
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and i was like i don't want the red one and i knew he was leaving my dad didn't live up here so like he was leaving i was gonna get one it's gonna give to the, the then girlfriend my urban express i'd have a tomos my brother would have a tomos and that's kind of what happened and that's when we started up the battle. We knew about the puddle cutters. we have been to some of their rides and stuff. We're going pretty regularly and just kind of like did our own thing. I've always kind of been like DIY and we just kind of had a couple other people we knew with bikes and they're just like, well, let's start our own club. And it's kind of what we did.
0: That's rad, dude. Like it's very easy to fall into the status quo or versus doing your own thing. Like, and let me ask you this, Joe, were you a skater kid at all? Yeah. It yeah. seems like everybody in the early days of mopeds were skaters. Like I never was. Cause like I fucked my ankles up go-kart racing. And like I was from Southern Minnesota. It just wasn't a thing, but like, I could totally see myself being into that scene if I would have been around more people doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was more into like, I, I used to skate when I was younger, but when I got the moped, it was like doing shows, playing like in my terrible high school band and stuff. And so mm-hmm. it was like, the same kind of scene the same kind of attitude you know just like oh whatever i could just do this myself it's fine yeah so that's kind of what we did we just started our own thing they did rides on wednesdays we we're like all right well we'll meet up on tuesdays because the bar we met up at had like two dollar micro brew pints on tuesdays that we liked yeah and so it was like fuck they might've even been a buck 50 when we started. We we're like, all right, we meet here on Tuesdays. And so that little bit of like, what do you think you're doing when we first started? I think where it was like, cause you know, you're coming in and there's something established and it's like kind of putting your nose up at it or whatever. Like, Oh well, no, we're just doing our thing. And we were just like, well, I got like three friends that have mopeds already. You know, we're just, we're going to hang out and do our own thing too. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I like what your attitude about that. Like, just like, that's not a big deal. I'm just doing my thing over here.
1: Yeah. That's kind of always what it was. And, you know, a lot of the people that were around then in my club and in the puddle cutters are just, we've all gotten older. So it's less involved now. So there's not as much like uh, like as much people who remember animosity at all, even. So it's kind of like a moot point. Yeah. Um, but and then we like started doing, Uh, this ride called uh, Zwickle Mania in Oregon it was like uh, all the breweries in Oregon did open house for like five hours on President's Day weekend Hmm. and so we got together at Chase Truck there was like six of us we're like all right we've got a route planned we're gonna stop by these five breweries do a tour get a little taster cup and then that kind of became our big ride that we planned once a year. We would trade off with the puddle cutters doing like, sometimes they would do a Sunday ride. Sometimes we would do one, you know, there was a lot of good back and forth that way. And then we started doing our Zwickle mania thing, which turned into our rally eventually, which was uh, our first one was actually the first quote rally we did was like, just on the back of one of the pacific northwest moped racing events like the last one of the season we like organized a party friday night and like put in very very minimal effort <laughs> and like had a couple patches made i think yeah and that was it it was like oh yeah mini rally that's what we called it we called it a mini rally because it was just it was like a friday night ride a na- party that was it. yep
0: and those are so, some of the best ones sometimes it's like it's not a rally we're not doing a raffle we're not giving a bike away we're gonna go fucking ride mopeds
1: yeah i mean our rallies we never really rode mopeds very far <laughs> if i'm being honest yeah, yeah. my idea is like i i rode a moped every day every mm-hmm. single day i'm riding a moped and when my friends came into town i ride a moped all the time I don't see my friends all the time. So our rallies were never focused on like these long, like hundred mile rides. Um, our first rally we did break your moped, break your heart. We called it a winter mega rally. Cause you know, it's Valentine's weekend. Mm-hmm. And I think our, our longest ride was like 20 miles.
0: Nice. Like that.
1: <laughs> like we didn't do long rides. It was winter. It's rainy also just like we're here to hang out so with it being valentine's we did a lot of uh arts and crafts like here's valentine's making night give out prizes for that and then we linked up with the gaskets in in portland um for our next one which was uh learn to love again Mm -hmm. a winter mega rally we started calling it a mega rally to be obnoxious yeah yeah (laughs) is at we were also just trolls we were just like that by that point there was a little bit more animosity because we were doing big stuff cutters were doing big stuff they were doing their rally every other year but they were doing summer we were doing winter every year and so it was like we kind of just started trolling real hard after <laughs> learned to love again shortly after their the cutters anniversary ride is in march our rally was in february so like after learned to love again, we took all the profits we made from that rally and rented a limo and showed up in like suits to their anniversary ride <laughs> and rode behind the ride in a limo, the whole, <laughs> the whole ride. And like, we, that was, we were just trolling, just being yeah. edgy. What we thought was funny. And then like you grow up and you just like, look back and you're like, Oh, why, why did I do or say this? Like, and, you know, it was, like, fed by starting for us to get more of a name, me starting to go to more rallies than, like, people have expectations of you. So then you feed into them, and it's, like, you've become a caricature of yourself. And so oh, it's yeah, a self, like, fulfilling prophecy where you're just going, like, getting drunker, being stupider. And when I first really started going to rallies was, like, I hurt my shoulder real bad at work. Mm-hmm. And so... I ended up having to have surgery on it, but Oof. I was on like, I was on light duty and workman's comp for like two years and I didn't have a set schedule at work. And it's when they were just back, back then they would just hand you as many oxies as you could take basically. So I was just like, I could take as much time off work as I wanted.
0: Oh yeah, dude. I, I hurt my I, back at work one time. And like, I've been sober for going on, you know, knock on wood, it'll be 20 years in October. Like I, I went to the ER cause I was in so much pain and they just wrote me scripts. And I went to Walgreens, a 24 hour pharmacy, and filled it. And like, I start looking at these, I called my sponsor. I'm like, dude, this is what they fucking gave me. He's like, just take one at each gym and just fucking give me your pills tomorrow. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Cause like I, I, that pill thing, it can be a very slippery slope. I totally understand how people, oh, a doctor gave it to me and start popping them like Tic Tacs. And next thing you know, it's got your fucking Hooks in you.
1: Well, and then also like, oh, my doctor gave me a ton. Let's party. Yeah, so yeah,
0: yeah, dude. <laughs> not
1: even that. My doctor gave them to me. Oh, I got these for free. They were covered under workman's comp. Not yeah. even like, oh, my doctor said it's okay. Like, I'm smarter than that. Yeah. But you know, so just like no set schedule. Anytime I took off work, I was getting paid uh, workman's comp for. So I was always getting my forty hours of pay basically no one cared if i was at work or not i could travel as much as i wanted so it was just like hopping around the country going to all kinds of rallies getting a name for myself and then just did blacking out too much you know and just like getting bigger and bigger and like more of a caricature mm-hmm. up to a certain point and then you know we started doing bigger rallies we had like 150 people at our third one which was that's pretty
0: massive yeah
1: what was our third one called? Uh, break your and break your heart, learn to love again. What's love got to do with it? That was a real big one. Um, because at learn to love again, we had um, we had well at, at all three of those. Break your and break your heart, learn to love again, and what's love got to do with it? We had like prom photos. We well mm-hmm. we called it we called it grom prom, and it was like we stole that from the bombardment society because okay. they had bomb prom and we were like well we're grom prom we never got I, i've heard
0: of brom already. bomb yeah yeah.
1: and so we just called it grom prom and so we had like one of the people from the caskets uh carrie in la she did like prom pictures for us yeah. which were amazing just set up there with like great backdrops and here's a hell it, of
0: a food pho- photographer
1: oh yeah she does great work and i think it was around the time we did Learned we applied originally for Moped Army in like 2009 and we got like 62 percent or something. Everyone was like, Well, there's another club in Portland. It was before we had done anything, and then it was like four years later, we applied again. 2013 2014, something is when we did our second rally. And it's like, Look, we do rallies, we're in Portland, we host these rides, we've got 10, 10 or 12 people, this is what we do. And I think we turned in a resume as our application. Like, mm-hmm. it was an application. So, we no, we, we submitted a document that was our CV. <laughs> and that was our form of trolling. It was like, oh, it's an application? Fine. We'll send you our curriculum vitae or whatever it is. <laughs> um, and we just made up quotes from people, like people in the moped world. We just, like, said they said this about us. And I forget what, it, what they all were. But they were just nonsense. We just made it up yeah and that year we got 59 percent. the year that was what's love got to do with it and then so we made a concession speech video that we posted (laughs) because we knew we weren't going to get in so we made like a a real long it's like 13 minute long concession speech video uh where is that uh,
0: video live now in the world is it is it on like an old hosting service or is it like on youtube it might be on. It was on
1: Vimeo somewhere. I'd have to see if I could track it down. I haven't seen it in a while.
0: Joe, you um, have to track that down for me. I so want to see it.
1: As we also had wild rally trailers. Our rally trailers, we would put a ton of work into. Like they were all like single shot, weird, crazy rally videos. Such I think those are still up somewhere too.
0: That kind of makes me wonder. Whatever happened to that? Because like it seems like that hosting service kind of died out i mean i was never i never posted anything on there but like seemed like youtube kind of talk took off and that's kind of the platform everybody goes to now
1: well i think it was on vimeo because we had copyrighted music on it oh okay so but the concession speech was good that was that upset some people Rubbed some people the wrong way but like i said we were we were assholes we were trolling we were doing it on yeah. purpose they're like mopeds are a joke they're a stupid kids vehicle. they're like, they're
0: kids toys people take this shit too serious and the whole grudge is too long i will be the first one to say that it's kids toys it's like yeah
1: the kids toys and like we were being we were young we were kids we we're childish yep. like and so then we did that and we threatened we threatened to apply again in four years <laughs> um and so then we i think we applied the next year and i think we got 73 percent. but it wasn't the same we just like ah the heart wasn't in it it was funny to apply and get 59 there's people out there with tattoos that are like 59 percent that got at our next rally nice um, and our like hashtag for the what's love got to do with it that was like we are the 59 percent <laughs> uh and that was our big big rally and then kind of tapered off the applying to ma the second time was just kind of boring for everyone just like dudes it was kind of contentious as to if we were like doing it for a joke anymore or asking Mm -hmm. for approval and i was like this isn't funny this time like and we got so close to getting in but didn't mostly because me probably and like because of our trolling and you know just like me kind of being a shit bag. Uh, at the time, and so we didn't get in, and then we did one more rally after that. Uh, love is a four letter word, Mm -hmm. um, which is a fun rally, it was still awesome, it was big. We always held, um, like for the most part, our rallies were at this place, like a legitimate speakeasy, like an illegal bar, nice in Portland that like brewed their own cider, they were wild. Um, so it was a lot of fun, we did that, you know, and then. I started doing the pinball run. I almost called it Baker's dozen because that's what it is now. Started doing pinball run. One year, Sammy, who is a nightmare troll now, he <laughs> he like, I'm glad I didn't go that route. He just is something else, but he was in Puddle Cutters, Denver. I was in Portland. So we did a Portland or a Puddle Cutters uphill battle team to troll people because there was a little more tensions then. Mm-hmm. And we did Minneapolis to New Orleans. Broke down constantly.
0: We, we did you? Were you the one who broke down and the buzzards towed you to a uh, shop in Iowa yes. somewhere? That yes, Charlie I... talks about that and Joe Peg or not Joe Peg but uh, Rob Burrito like everybody talks about that. I'm like, you know what? If it was in Iowa, I'm probably related to the fucker because like my dad had 52 first cousins in Iowa, so it's like,
1: oh, I could tell you everything about it. So. <laughs> We were driving through. We had just gone through Cairo, Illinois. It was in Illinois somewhere. Not too long after Cairo. And our exhaust was falling off. And some other stuff was going wrong on our bike. We had been riding with the Buzzards and the Swoops. It was Jordan from the Swoops, Charlie Buzzard, Tommy Buzzard, Sammy and I. And then there was uh, Patrick from the Swoops pat norris but they were he was way ahead with the swoops truck pat was just flying so it was like our chase truck and we were like never dnf we were just in every night super late we were always breaking down and so in illinois we break down we're on the side of the road and this dude pulls up in this big old truck and we're like god damn it we're in a town with 85 people that's what the population said yeah 85 people yeah and the dude pulls up and he's like what's going on and it's starting to get a little dark and we're like oh our moped broke down we're trying to get to St. Louis he's like yeah it's weird I've seen a bunch go through what's going on we're like it's a race from Minneapolis and he's like what are you guys talking about and he goes well I got open that or open 30 wrap of beers they're kind of cold still you guys want some while you work on it and he like had his lights on so we could work on our bike and then He's like, well, here, throw it in the back of the truck. We'll take it to my shop. You can fix it there. And we were like, we can't throw it in the back of the truck. It's got to make it there by moped or human power. So he's like, I live right down the street. It's like a mile that way. Uh, Follow me. Get out a piece of paracord. Uh, (laughs) Charlie (laughs) ties the paracord to his rack. Sammy's hanging on to it, and it's like four miles down a dirt road. Yeah, this
0: mile turned into a 26. Yeah, okay.
1: In the dark on a gravel road with Mother no fucker Like,
0: fucker factor of nine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then so we get there and we put a new top end on. We do all kinds of stuff, basically rebuild the whole damn engine. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, where's the closest gas station? He tells us there's no gas station. Uh, <laughs> you guys are kind of out of luck, but here i'll pull the four-wheeler up we'll get the weed eater we'll get the lawnmower we'll get all the gas we'll fill up all your gas cans so he does Nice. and then we drink his 29 pack of beer because we're (laughs) there for hours like literally hours rebuilding this bike and we left at like one or two a.m or something we had a long way to go we had a long way to go and as we're leaving he's like hey you're gonna get pulled over like what do you mean he's like the sheriff's gonna pull you over you're out at this time at night you're gonna get pulled over tell him matt fuller said you're all right and that you left my house oh I was like yeah yeah okay dude then we get pulled over and I go yeah we just left Matt Fuller's house he said to say hi and that we were all right the cops like oh you boys know Matt Fuller all right you're good to go
0: oh shit dude that's not just a fucking line I love it
1: just let us go it was wild then we got in at like five in the morning we went to mcdonald's and they were out of ketchup and out of coca-cola and it was just like the weirdest thing on top of this weird night yeah another time on that run we had uh, we got pulled over in tennessee okay um like across the street from the jail <laughs> and <laughs> the cops were like given uh the swoops and buzzards shit because they didn't have plates but they're from non-title states. So they don't need mm-hmm. them and you don't need a plate in Tennessee. So we're like trying to get the law and the cops are like, well, no, we're taking you to this hotel across the street from the jail and you're staying here and you're putting the bikes in a car. So we don't have any signal. So I'm like calling my friends, trying to get the moped laws for Tennessee yep. and eventually we call the cops on the cops. We're like, Oh shit. We're in this parking lot. You need to come here. We have the specific moped laws that says these are motorized bicycles and we're explaining how slow they are like look there's a bike lane here we're allowed to be on this section these things go 30 miles an hour and as i'm saying that chad burke rides by in his stock magnum going 30 (laughs) miles an hour and eventually the cop was like just get the fuck out of here yeah yeah (laughs) and we left and we just we got in to every time we were getting into a town it was like the finish line is at this bar the finish line is here and by the time we would be getting in the bar would have closed, and it would have been moved. And Getting in to New Orleans, everyone was like, "You will get arrested if you take this bridge." And we were like, "Well, we don't know. We don't whatever. We don't know what bridge they're talking about." And it's like a twenty-six mile an hour freeway bridge. We're just yeah. charging down that the whole way, and then Jordan breaks down a block of one exit away from where we had to go, and <laughs> we were like a mile away, and Jordan broke down. We were just like, "Oh my God, what is happening?" But, yeah, then we started doing that. And then there was – after that, there was Seattle to San Diego pinball run, which was the last pinball run. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. I did that with Sammy again, another puddle cutter uphill battle team. We wrote a Hobbit with a DR, a Proma, and, like, basically stock everything else. Stock Camino ignition. Stock Camino variator. Stock uh, Camino pulley. Just – 45 the whole way soft seized it about 50 times it just kept running you would seize it it would
0: just yep that's the thing about those drs like i'm kind of over them like i've soft seized them so like it doesn't matter how well i champer everything how big a ring gap i have like i just soft seize them like i fucking i i'm so frustrated with them at this point but um that was the one rob burrito had the limo as a chase which is fucking hilarious to me still yeah
1: yeah gold rush and yeah we seized that we i'm not even kidding 50 times minimum and we rode through my hometown that one my mom was like waiting on the side of the road cheering for us and like that's so rad we were somewhat competitive and we stopped and like hung out with her for a little bit and uh (laughs) she was just like this is crazy rode this moped from seattle and uh so it's like yeah mom thanks all right well i gotta go ride this moped to san diego still we seized that bike so many times to the point where it would seize and you'd still be rolling and then it would just fire back up it yep. was it was meaningless it was meaningless to seize it Just like all right whatever it seized again <laughs> and before that i had done portland to seattle a bunch of times doubles i had mb5 we wrote the mb5 i wrote that thing to seattle multiple times like literally doubles with my buddy crusty eric who was in uphill battle because we didn't mm-hmm. have a ride to the seattle rally because we joked we were trolling about riding my mb5 up there and then we didn't get a ride because everyone thought we were serious so then we had to ride it up there so we just rode an mb5 285 pound dudes <laughs> for eight hours to seattle <laughs>
0: um
1: but that's when uh, yeah after pinball three was when There was really no more pinball run. It was like, well, we have to. We had a lot of fun doing it. It's like Maitland, Jenny Ray, and I, uh, started talking about planning another one. We talked to Rob Burrito a little bit, um, and like ended up deciding on going with a different name, calling it Baker's Dozen Run. Mm -hmm. That's when we started planning that, and then I kind of like started stepping away from going to rallies. I think I haven't been to a rally in a long time they're not it's like I don't really use social media now either it's like not the healthiest from a mental state like for my own well-being to like be on social media a lot or like yeah <laughs> go to rallies and like it, it's like still a bit of social hangover for like the stupidity of my younger years in rallying and just like getting fucked up and like it's a bit much so i mean i still have my friends we still ride i have honda ns50 i just raffled off a chow that i built the other day for a friend who passed um raffled that off for his family raised some money for that nice and then then i have a v1 that's um gad about the jesse of all people jesse stevenson um did a bunch of work on because at the time i was like i have an mv5 i don't want to work on my moped i'm making (laughs) okay money jesse put a pelini on this it needs new forts do sealed bearing wheels and so i have that and i have my ns and like a chow in parts that i'll build eventually Mm -hmm. um and you know my brother still has a bunch of mopeds a bunch of my friends still do i still ride occasionally but these days i just drive like my bug to work because it's it's a giant moped but also i don't have to like i don't know I, it's my bug's not it's cold but it's not as cold as riding a moped and it breaks down slightly less so
0: slightly i was gonna say slightly
1: yeah yeah the, yeah that the, it's 50 years old so it's a nightmare yeah. just like anything <laughs> it's it's always a nightmare but yep you know i still help plan baker's dozen i did 2 years ago, 3 years ago. I don't remember. It was <laughs> we did Michigan to Boston. Yep. I did that with the zeros. We blew up somewhere in Vermont. It was the first time I ever didn't finish one. Had fun and then I didn't do this years last years. It's all blur with COVID. It's like say I haven't been to a rally in 3 years, but I mean no one's had Nobody's been to a rally in a
0: couple of, in a real I mean there's been small stuff but like I don't think any official clubs have thrown rallies going on two years now. I mean, there's been like, you know, small stuff going on, but it's just weird. And it's going to be really weird when you finally see the official clubs. It'll be interesting to see the turnout because I feel like a lot of people, I don't know. I'm not going to say, I shouldn't say much because I don't know. I just feel like you're going to see a lot of new people and a lot of the old guard um, just kind of letting go and fading. But who knows? Maybe I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: easy to, like, not be involved and then just stop caring. Like, I honestly know, like, probably four people in the puddle cutters now. And I to know everyone. Yeah. And, like, one of the old uphill battle guys is in the puddle cutters now because we, we stopped doing rides, you know? We yeah. don't meet up on Tuesdays anymore. We don't do rallies anymore. We just, like, got burnt out. And we all still have our bikes. We still... Get together and ride on occasion, mostly on stupid occasions. Like, oh, it's snowing out. Let's throw a bunch of bungee cords on our tires and go ride around.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> um,
1: stuff like that. But, you know, we're planning next year's Baker's Dozen. Uh, right next. now, we've got really good theme. Nothing we can spill yet. Nothing that no. can be.
0: I, I be- was trolling uh, Maitland about that because the running joke on my podcast is like, there, I, <sighs> I don't necessarily hate South Dakota and Iowa, but like, I just have PTSD of driving through them all the time as a kid. So like, it's like watching paint dry. And I told Maitland, I go, cause I tried to do it this year. I couldn't get the bike ready. And I said, the year I finally do it, it's going to be the year you go through like fucking Kansas and then South Dakota and like Wyoming, just the most flattest states in the freaking nation. And you're going to do it that year.
1: Well yeah, we're actually just gonna call it Baker's doesn't run flat out. It's just gonna be just the flattest states, two thousand miles. Just fucking sounds line. about right.
0: Sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, um,
1: you know, we're not we're not going through Iowa, we're not <laughs> going through Kansas. <laughs> I can tell you that. But
0: well we're, we're kind of thank you.
1: We're trying to figure out how many days it'll be. Um we're shoot we're looking at maybe nine. Uh, like 1700 miles
0: beautiful.
1: Uh, and there's a lot to figure it out there's only a few of us we every year say if you want to help plan let us know people always say they do and then it, it ends up being like the three of us and sometimes I don't help a lot which is I help when needed sometimes other times I'm just an ideas man or whatever but we're planning that right now so I don't know if I'll do that there's talk of me and an old puddle cutter may be doing it we're not sure um yeah you know it's a year away who knows where i'll be at then um so and then that's kind of what's coming up as far as that other than that i just like i have an ns that's (laughs) that's fun to ride around i consider it a moped it's like 65 and it's water cooled yeah got it for got it for 600 bucks i've had it for like six years nice just ride that thing it's got a flat right now i've been too lazy to fix it (laughs) um and all i have done to it is a vm 22 with whatever jet came in it Mm -hmm. no airbox yep just run it
0: well vm 20s hate fucking airbox air cleaners anyways so just yeah ditch those instantly yeah no
1: run on a 185 or whatever jet comes in it no yep. airbox good to go that's yep. how you tune a vm
0: yep i i all can i i went through enough vms to know that by now um what was i gonna say yeah you kind of touched on a lot of my questions i already had um i can't think enough joe for c- kind of being patient with me And coming back on, we'll have to chit chat a little bit afterwards. Um, and Joe, don't worry if you ever find yourself out in Minnesota during rally time or not, hit me up. I'll put you on a bike. You can stay here, dude. People are always welcome to my house. Um, yeah, dude, I'll show you. I'll show you why I think Minnesota is still one of the best state, at least Minneapolis, St. Paul. Um, probably the best, some of the best riding in. The country because like you can be inner city stop and go traffic and then if you leave my house 15 minutes you're out in the country and you're going by vineyards so it just and canopy covered and all that good stuff so a lot of twists a lot of turns a lot of ups lots of downs i love it um i can't thank you enough joe for coming on uh second chance moped podcast don't don't ever be afraid to reach out and don't forget mopeds are dumb all right.